Hello, I'm Aislinn Sarnacki, and you've discovered the Borealis Podcast, where we talk with fascinating people who research, work in, and think about the Maine outdoors. On today's episode, we meet hiker, blogger, and adaptive athlete Enoch Glidden. Glidden doesn't have the use of his legs, but that didn't stop him from climbing the popular El Capitan in Yosemite National Park. Every day I had to slide off the edge of that platform and swing out into the air and hang from a rope that someone else tied and do pull-ups on that rope and hope I get to the top. That's just ahead. Production support of Borealis is provided by the Nature Conservancy in Maine and Poland Spring and listeners like you. Thank you. If you're an avid hiker in Maine, you might have run into Enoch Glidden in the woods. Glidden, who was born with spina bifida, uses a wheelchair to test out trails all over Maine and then blog about them for the website Maine Trail Finder. He's also a very popular public speaker and advocate for accessibility in the outdoors. For this Borealis podcast, Jennifer Rooks caught up with Glidden on one of those trails, and he told her about a teacher who changed the course of his life. When I was in junior high, I actually met my phys ed teacher, Bob Dyer, and on the, I tell this story a lot, on the first day that I met him, he walked up to me and asked me if I could do 20 push-ups in my wheelchair, and so I said I could do 40, and I did it, and my arms were absolutely hurting, but I didn't tell him that, and he didn't treat me any differently after that. He pushed me to try everything that the other kids were doing. And I I was the only kid who used a wheelchair, and he invented ways for me to do things so that I could participate in every gym activity that we did throughout my entire junior high time and, and school. And that's really what set me on a path to where I am today is him showing me that everything was possible. Bob Dyer. Bob Dyer. How do you think your teacher, how do you think Bob Dyer knew? Do you think he had training or do you think he just was somebody who had a level of understanding that was unusual for his day? When people talk about Bob, it's always with the same enthusiasm for helping kids and I think that was just Bob. He made sure every kid had the best experience possible when they were in his class and throughout their entire time in the school he just loved helping kids and I think I might have became a project but I think it was a project out of enthusiasm and a drive to make sure that I could do anything I wanted to do. So you're growing up in this very small town, Patton, Maine. You're being told you can do anything. So you had no idea that there are other young people in other parts of the country who are having an experience that's completely different than yours. When were you first aware that your experience was unusual and unfortunately far from typical? I never really had an experience with other people with disabilities until I started skiing at Maine Adaptive at Sunday River when I was actually in junior high. Bob somehow got it worked out that we could go ski for a week every year as part of my curriculum. And so he would take me skiing and 
the first year I ate a lot of snow and I, I was not thrilled about being there. But by the end of the week, I was making turns and I met a ton of people who were like me and I got to see other people experiencing life from a wheelchair or other disabilities. And I think that was really what opened up my eyes to a world of other possibilities because I got to see other people at that point. And then I joined a basketball team and we got to travel all over the country. So I got to meet other basketball teams and basketball players. And that really set me on a path of finding possibilities. You decided to go to college, but you decided to go out of state? Yeah, I, there were, so when I was younger and still to this day, I like thinking about designing my own wheelchair and coming up with equipment that I could use to do the things that I do. And there happened to be a rehabilitation engineering program at Vermont Tech. And it had just started when I graduated high school. So I decided I wanted to try it out and design wheelchairs. And I never actually got into designing wheelchairs. I eventually went and did, I did computer science. I've done a bunch of different things, but I finally think I found my calling with hiking. <laughs> with hiking, okay. So this is a bit of an understatement, Enoch, because you, um, yes, you hike, but you also do things like, oh, I don't know, scale El Capitan. How, how does one go from hiking in the Maine woods to extreme sports? El Capitan actually came about because of the loss of a friend. I, he worked at Mount Rainier, which I'm also going to climb hopefully next year. And he was doing a rescue. And unfortunately, he reached for the helicopter and he missed. And he fell and lost his life. And I went on Facebook and started looking at all the pictures of amazing places that he had been through adventure and working in Mount Rainier. And I decided I wanted to see those places, not just in pictures, but I wanted to really see them. So I started doing research and I found a organization called Paradox Sports. And they teach people with disabilities how to rock climb and ice climb. They're out of Colorado and they happened to have a trip to New York that year. So I signed up for the trip and that was pretty much the, day, the weekend I fell in love with climbing. <laughs> I just loved it. And we were doing short climbs, of course, just to practice. And I started talking to the guides there and they, they said, well, if you like climbing, why don't we try something bigger? So we went to Cathedral Ledge in North Conway and I tried a 200 foot climb. And then I realized I really liked climbing big stuff. So if you're gonna wanna climb big stuff, why not climb the biggest rock face of the entire country? And that's sort of how that came about, but it was an, an amazing experience. Tell me about the logistics of it. It's a very difficult, very difficult logistically because first you have to get to the base of the climb, which is about a quarter of a mile, but it's a quarter of a mile of really brutal, hard climbing over boulders and rock fields and all kinds of really hard terrain. So it took 15 people carrying me in a rescue litter just to get me to the base. And then I had two other guys with me, Craig Martelak and Christian Cattell, who filmed 
and also Christian climbed ahead of me and set ropes and I just did pull-ups on ropes all day long every day for five days to get to the top about 800 pull-ups a day when you were doing it when you were climbing El Capitan what were you feeling were you feeling like this is Nirvana, this is euphoria. Were you feeling like, oh my gosh, what have I got myself into? This is the biggest mistake of my life. Were you just so focused on each push-up that you weren't even taking in where you were? I mean, tell me about the experience of those five days being on that rock face. I think I experienced all those things because it was awesome, it was Nirvana, but every day when, so we slept on things called portal edges, which is basically a fabric platform. And every day I had to slide off the edge of that platform and swing out into the air and hang from a rope that someone else tied and do pull-ups on that rope and hope I got to the top. So there was definitely some fear. There was excitement. There was the joy of looking down and seeing the amazing view of Yosemite. It, I, when I got to the top, I just stared at the view and realized that it really looks like the earth was made the way it was supposed to be made like everything is supposed to be where it is and it just looks perfect from up there when it was over when the five days were over when you hit the top were you happy to be done well i wanted to shower so that was that was that was good but i it was it was happy but it was also sad because i really enjoyed the experience and i really enjoyed spending five days with my friends doing something we love to do and experience this awesome adventure. And there's this thing called adventure depression where afterwards you kind of feel like a, a letdown maybe because you want to keep going and keep experiencing that awesome adventure. Enoch, you have um, a pretty can-do attitude when you talk to people who get discouraged, what do you tell them? When I hear people say, I can't, I tell them that's not true. You just have to ask yourself one question. How can I? How can I ride a bike? How can I climb a mountain? And then look for answers. You can do research on the internet. You can tr just try something and see what happens and learn from it. Or you can ask for help. And those three things are a guaranteed formula for doing anything. Tell me a story of something where maybe it came into your head for a moment, I can't, and how you overcame that. Hmm. That's a tough one. Because I really, I'm sure I've said I can't, but I don't know if I've ever actually believed that I can. <laughs> so <laughs> I, there's a story I tell about when I grew, was growing up in Patton, we lived in the woods and there was this perfectly naturally built dirt ramp that went down into the woods off our driveway. And I would just take off into the woods in my wheelchair with no trails or anything, just natural woods. And I would go as far as I could. And then if I got stuck, get out of my wheelchair, crawl and pull my wheelchair behind me until I could keep going again. So I've just always had that thing where I could just, I could see a path forward and I could see a solution. That was Maine Public's Jennifer Rooks. 
Currently, Enoch Glidden is raising money for his next big adventure. He plans to use a monoski and ropes to ski up Mount Rainier in Washington State. He'll do that in honor and memory of his friend Nick Hall.